Talk Radio 77 WABC. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am stuck in the middle. Oh my God. Hi, this is Dick Morris. I'm on the Dick Morris Show. (laughs) And I'm here with Doug DePiro, who... Hello, Dick. I think is a mid- middle-aged man. He thinks he's a Renaissance man. No, he, I do and, not. And they're and they're they're right near each other in years, uh, around fifteenth century. <laughs> um, now, um, Doug and I were in Mar-a-Lago this week. Beautiful. And uh, we were with the president. And uh, I, I rented a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, he did. He was going around up West Palm in a motorcycle. <laughs> there goes the neighborhood. And. Um, and we had a wonderful time talking to the president. I spilled a Coke on oh my God. No, an no, wait. chair No, no, had. we're waiting for him, right? It's about a half hour. He's a little late, right? And I'm walking around. It's just a couple of us in some Secret Service. And I'm going around, and I'm putting papers underneath the Coke cans and underneath any coffee cups and trying to be all neat. This way, when he walks in, he sees, ah, these guys are cool. They got... Go on with the coke. So I picked up a coke and I dropped it <laughs> all oh over his chair. <laughs> um, I almost had a heart attack. I did have one cute line, though. He kept us waiting for an hour because his plane <laughs> hadn't landed yet. He was coming back from New York after we had just come down from New York. Right. We could have met him in New York. And, um, and, he, and we were waiting and waiting and waiting. And I said, <laughs> if he keeps us waiting 10 more minutes, I'm going over the Biden. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. We didn't tell him that yet, did we? No, we didn't. I'm going to tell him. I'm telling him you said that. um, Donald Trump is back. Very nice. My boyfriend's back and you're going to be in trouble. Hey, la, hey, la, my boyfriend's back. When you see him coming, better cut out on the double. Hey, la, hey, la, my boyfriend's back. You've been spreading lies that I was untrue. Hey, la. So look out now, cause he's coming after you. Hey, Lord, hey, Lord, my boyfriend's back. Can I say one more thing? Yeah. I got to tell you, what a gentleman he is. You know, the Secret Service guy, I don't know, or his security, I don't know who this guy was. And he goes, whatever the guy's name, let's say Joe. He goes, Joe, go home. You've been with me for two days. You're, you're, you're really, go home to your wife and everything. And make sure the girl in the other room, I think Sue, whatever, has got some dinner. I mean, what a, what a gentleman. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. That's as opposed to Hillary. Oh, my God. They're plotting against me. <laughs> what are they whispering about? <laughs> you notice the they're not talking out loud. Yeah. Get um, but Trump is back. Uh, I thought that announcement statement of his was excellent. And uh, it really raised him above the level of the political squabbling going on. <laughs> he talked about the future. It was a State of the Union-like address. Um and where he went to a survey of issues and explained what he'd do in each of them. It was not just rhetoric. It was not just, we'll make America great again. It was very particular things that he said he'd do. He said he'd seal, he'd put the wall back. He'd end catch and release. He would, uh, end, he would deport criminal illegal immigrants. Uh, no lockdowns or mandates. Um, cutting federal spending to bring inflation under control, suspending district attorneys who refuse to prosecute crimes, um, cutting federal aid to schools that 
we continue to teach critical race theory and and gender change without parental consent. Uh, a whole host of deep cutting funding to states or to cities that cut police funding uh, to punish them for it. Uh, just wonderful stuff, a really specific agenda. And for those who say that uh, he's just running on his past, well, it's his record that enables him to talk about all this. If he didn't have the record that he does, uh, she, he would just be spouting and just be more rhetoric, more promises. But his record shows that he has done each of these things, and it showed how substantive his record is. There are three groups of people in the country when it comes to Trump. There's about 45% that really loves the guy, and there's about 55% that doesn't like him, but half of the ones who don't like him don't like his personality and temperament, but they like his achievements and they like his positions. Right. Then you have about 30% that hate everything about him. But the swing vote here are people who say, I approve of what he did, he was a good president. I like his positions, but I can't stand his temperament and his tweets and his personality. And as Biden drives the country into the ground, the best response to that is to say, hey, get over it. Right. Uh, look at what this guy did. Would you rather have some mean tweets or not be able to walk out on the street? Right. Uh, would you rather have some nasty comments or double-digit inflation? Means mean Mean tweets or mean streets? Yeah, that's right. That's good. Um, so so the, it's just very clear that Donald Trump has the answers, has always had the answers, and implemented them when he was there. Uh, and, and I think his proposal that I, I see Jack in Westchester is just called about about term limits for Congress. That's That's exactly right. Really? That's exactly something that we desperately, desperately need. But... As he's running, all of a sudden, uh, as if out of the swamp, uh, a beast whose ugly, hideous head emerged, the special prosecutor. And uh, they are planning to go after Trump for at least three so-called crimes that are really the equivalent of littering or jaywalking. They are literally crimes that probably meet the definition of the statute. But they're all, come on, you're not going to prosecute someone over this. But these prosecutors are so hell-bent on getting Donald Trump that I think they may well go after him. Um, The three things are, number one, that he uh, destabilized the country and promoted insurrection and and, and launched the riot on January 6th by saying that the election was stolen. Number two, that he uh, purloined government documents when he brought them home from the archives. And uh, number three, that he, uh, what's the third? Um, anyway, we'll get to it. But the point is that, yeah, he he did take those documents, but there's no indication that there was any national security danger. He didn't give them to anyone. He didn't sell them to anyone. He took them as memorabilia, the Washington Post said. It was like taking an ashtray or a pen or a right. pad. And, yeah, technically it's illegal, but you're going to prosecute a guy for that, much less a guy who's running for president. Right. Oh, and that, the third one was that 
he called the Georgia Secretary of State and oh, said, yeah, can yeah. you find 11,000 votes? And that's being interpreted by the prosecutors. Can you commit election fraud and fraudulently write up 11,000 votes that will permit me to carry Georgia? They won't indict him for that, right? Well, yeah, that's on their list. It's in Washington. Right? And uh, No, it's in – this would be in Georgia, but – uh, yeah, but the point is that, that, first of all, that's what the Democrats did. And they're only indicting Trump for what he didn't do, but they did do. Right. And secondly, the, the when he calls up a Secretary of State and says, can you find 11,700 votes? What he means by that is, can you count the ballots accurately right. and, uh, and fairly and reasonably and find 11,000 votes that were miscounted? Mm. And he's talking shorthand, and he's obviously not saying get out of paper and forge the document, right. but the prosecutors want to pretend that he's doing that. So they're going to go after him for taking documents from the archives, which is a technical violation at best, uh, asserting his opinion that God knows he's entitled to, that the election was rigged and stolen and dishonest. And there's plenty of evidence in the audits of various states that that's true. And finally, that he was uh, that he was urging them to commit election fraud in Florida when he was clearly just expressing a hope and an opinion, and not a and he didn't even have command responsibility to issue a directive. So, my view of the whole thing is: I'm only willing to hear you cry. In some sense, World War III has already started. I warned of the black swan events that could trigger a massive need for gold. Gold is the insurance in times of uncertainty and a lack of faith in our current administration. And boy, do we have that. So call the Patriot Gold Group today before it's too late. Mention WABC and you'll get the best-in-class service from Patriots Protecting Patriots. Patriot Gold Group has the no-fee-for-life IRA, where your 401k or your IRA can be in physical gold and silver, and you may be eligible for the no-fee-for-life IRA on qualifying rollovers. So call 888-594-7855, 888-594-7855. For a free investor guide today, Patriot Gold is Consumer Affairs' top-rated gold IRA dealer six years in a row. Call 888-594-7855. 594-7855. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle of you. This will just tear America apart. Uh, I can't think of anything more designed to undermine our Republican and Joe Biden's words to endanger our democracy than a phony, false prosecution uh, based on a narrow reading of the facts with no indication 
of of criminal intent, uh, and then to bring it before a all Democrat grand jury in Washington yeah, D.C. That's the thing, and a largely Democrat grand jury in Fulton County, and get an indictment and maybe even a conviction, oh and God. try to stop him from running for president, to stop him from being president. I can't imagine a scenario more designed to destroy the United States of America. And cause a uh, civil war. After, if they do that, there will be two camps. The pro-camp, the, the Trump is guilty camp, and the Trump is innocent camp. And uh, all the people that say... I, I'd like maybe I'd like DeSantis because he has less baggage. Maybe I'd like him because he has a better personality. Although, by the way, he doesn't. He the doesn't. people who know him, mm. but it, it will squeeze them out. You'll either be blue or pink, blue or red. Uh, it'll be a very clear divide, dividing mark, and it'll tear the country apart. Yeah, maybe it's true that he that feeling that the election was stolen. He said that. He did. And that that was interpreted by people as something that led them to violence. Okay, but that's not his fault. That wasn't his intent. He specifically said, go home and go to bed. And, yeah, maybe it's true that those documents should not have been removed from the archives. But it's a statute clearly designed to protect American national security. These documents become government property um, not because some clerk wants it, but because you don't want this stuff floating around and being sold to the highest bidder. And clearly he was not doing that. Clearly if he was taking them, it was just memorabilia and stuff to show his grandkids and put in a scrapbook. And <laughs> clearly when he called the Georgia uh, Secretary of State and said, can you find the thousand, 11,000 extra votes, he was not saying commit voter fraud. He was saying, look again, right. go through the data, go through the ballots, be sure that you're counting it right. You're probably not. And uh, those, but technically, it's a call he shouldn't have made. Technically, those archives belong to the government. Technically, if you say the, um, the, the, the election was fixed, that could be construed as an incitement to riot. On, on the basis of this stuff, is. you're going to indict him? And you're going to indict him in front of a grand jury composed exclusively of Democrats in Washington, D.C., and Fulton County. And then you're going to bring him up to trial in front of that audience, in front of those juries, and get a conviction based on that, based solely on party and on race. And you're going to try to knock a guy out of the presidential race doing that? Come on. Unfortunately, the law is very clear on this. (laughs) It's kind of funny to say it. But the Constitution lays out the grounds for the qualifications for being elected president. You have to be 35, you have to be a citizen for 14 years, and you have to be natively born in the United States. You do not have to not commit a felony. (laughs) You do not have to not ever gone to jail. You do not have to never have been arrested. None of that is in there. Yeah, none of that is in there. Uh, so they can't use that as a vehicle for knocking him out of the race. Now, the law, the statute on archives says that if you purloin these archives, if you steal them, uh, you can be barred from public office because you can't be trusted with archives. Mm. But the the court ruled specifically last year that that didn't apply. 
there was a case uh, of a guy in Maryland who was running for Congress. I think Maryland, maybe North Carolina, who was running for Congress, and the, he had been involved in the January sixth protests. And the uh, local election board ruled him off the ballot because he had participated in insurrection against the United States. And the statute said that if you've done that, the Constitution says you can't be president, uh, can't hold public office. But the court specifically ruled that there was that that didn't apply in the Trump because, case. Well, in this other case, yeah, but it, it's the, it was the year before the, the year before mm-hmm. the election. And what the court ruled was that right after the 14th Amendment was passed, Congress wanted to have amnesty for former Confederates. The mood had shifted over the 10-year period of Reconstruction, and everybody wanted us to get back together again and not have bitterness and not have acrimony. So they passed a law suspending that provision, saying that even if you were an insurrection against the government, you can't be barred from public office. Wow. And the court ruled that that is in effect. That, that amendment was never repealed or, or, in, or it's changed, and therefore you can't be thrown out. They're not going to get him on So that's that, the though. legal situation. But the political situation is that people are going to feel Donald Trump is being screwed, that he's being railroaded, that this is the deep state seeking its revenge, that this is just going too damn far. And there will be a real, real animosity about that. And that will, I think, sweep aside all the concerns about Trump's personality and his tweets and everything. And people are going to say, stop trying to win the election by disqualifying this guy who obviously is qualified and served as president for four years. And that will overshadow everything if they are stupid enough to do this. Dick, do you remember when, uh, what's the name, Maxine Waters yes. said, if you see a Trump supporter, yeah, right. get in front of him, get yeah. a crowd, yeah. nothing with that? And I, not I, just I, that. We're not indicting Hillary for uh, for using her private server for tens of thousands right. of email documents. And Nancy we're, Pelosi. We're not indicting uh, Obama for taking all kinds of records he did, from right? the government. He, he did. did, yeah, for his book. Uh, and, and, and above all, we're not indicting Hunter Biden for over treason. Um, incredible. Um, let's go to George in Manhattan. Hi, George. Hi. Uh, bear with me, Mr. Morris. Thank you for taking my call, by the way. Uh, I have one question and one uh, more or less a comment as well yeah, as but a come on, get to your it. opinion. Okay. Uh, all right. Now, let's assume out of the blue comes Michelle Obama to run. Yeah, I just now she's going to take away. I'm going to cut you short here because I just got some polling data uh, in a head-to-head election that McLaughlin just did a national poll of Trump against Michelle Obama. Trump beats her by seven points, uh, more than he defeats Biden by. So don't freak out about Michelle Obama. And if she were to run, she'd be a good candidate till she opens her mouth <laughs> and talks about how she was. Uh, disappointed in the United States yeah. and not proud of our country. Yeah, but how useful idiots don't care. I don't think she'd go uh, She'd go far. Let's go to Sandra in New Jersey. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Welcome back. Uh, welcome back, Doug and Dick Morris. Thank you. Um, y- yes. I wanted to ask you this question. If 
when Trump runs again, I'm going to say, are they, is he going to avoid a, a bloodbath with Ron DeSantis? Because they say that the left wants this fight to happen because yeah. it's going to they, court. Sure. Yeah. They do. They do. They want the civil war oh, yeah. uh, to in the Republican Party to tear the party apart. I don't believe DeSantis is going to do that. I think that he has a walk to the nomination in 2028, yep. and he's not going to risk it all Wait by running now. Wait but to 28. We'll have to see. The polls have to look good uh, for him to run, and I don't think they will. I think particularly if they prosecute Trump on this stuff, there won't be any running room for DeSantis. You either think Trump is guilty and shouldn't be president, you think he's innocent, and this is railroading and, and deep state. And there's no room for DeSantis to stand. He wow. gets squeezed out uh, between the two. That's interesting. Hey, Judith, from Brooklyn. How are you? Hi. Uh, hi. Thanks for taking my call. Listen, first of all, I hope you weren't wearing flip-flops when you when you spilled the Coke. No. Hmm? Oh, God. I was not. <laughs> <laughs> no, he flip-flopped. I know you don't say, Yeah, I love what he said to John before with the flip flop. It was fantastic. Okay, really fast. I know you're busy. You have a lot of calls. First of all, Pence had simply had to simply say the truth, which was, I cannot verify these votes. Therefore, I cannot certify these votes yeah. because there was so much evidence through Rudy and other people, witness thousand witnesses coming with election fraud from all over, dead yep. people and, and suitcases, whatever. That's all he has to do. No one has to overthrow anything. Yep. Just say, I cannot verify. Therefore, I cannot certify. Uh-huh. He had the right to do that. He didn't do that. Okay. By the way, with these tweets, whatever, action speaks louder than words. And let me say, Dick, I wish people would get out of President Trump's way. Because he knows what he is doing, okay? He brought this country up from a very weak economy with what's-his-name, Obama with a GDP, too. He brought up to a booming yep. economy every which way yep. for all Americans. And I want to just say, it's not, it wasn't his fault that China accidentally, on purpose, allowed yep. 2,300 flights to get out of Wuhan, where they locked down everything else in China. They knew exactly what they, they unleashed, a worldwide, right. hideous, invisible, unknown mm. virus. Let me just say... President Trump sacrificed his hard work by shutting down the entire country. Why? To save lives, okay? Because yep. he cares about us Americans. And then he came up with a vaccine that saved lives. Thank you, Judith. Um, before we go, let's go to Jimmy in Delaware. Hi, Jimmy. Hey, Dave. Uh, what's going on? Just, let me just do the famous Judy, Judy, Judy. You got to have Judy. <laughs> no, but come on, Jimmy. I'm up Judy. against a break. What's on your mind? If you want, I'll do the news for you. No, listen, the, uh, this, this is what it comes down to, folks. 65 Immigration Act has to be repealed. Uh, legal immigration stopped cold. Deportations, people with visa violations, I mean, people stay overstay their visas. No one talks about it. When you do that, you represent middle America. Whoever the Republican nominee is in 2024 will win enough votes to be the president of the United States. Because let's face it, as bad as the economy is, bad as everything is, Democrats held their own, and the reason why they did, you're not going to agree with me because you're part of the establishment, 65 Immigration Act rebuilt the left wing of the Democratic Party. The facts were in two okay. weeks ago on Thank Tuesday. You. Thank know. you, Jimmy. Um, you know, the I went through uh, the election returns, obviously, painstakingly, and the House of Representatives elections nationally were the only election on the ballot in every state. Uh, if you lived in certain states, you could vote for senator. If you lived in other states, governor was up. But in every single state, in every single district, there was a contest 
for Congress between a Democrat and a Republican. And when you added up all the votes that the Democrats got and all the votes that the Republicans got, the Democrats got 48 million votes, but the Republicans got 53 million votes. Five million more. And when you go to states that where, where Trump lost, where he's supposed to be toxic, and people are saying it's because of him that we lost the states, in each of those states, the Republicans outvoted the Democrats for Congress, like Georgia, for example. There were 1.3 million votes for the Republicans and just 1.1 million for the Democrats. In Pennsylvania, the margin was 200,000 votes. In Arizona, the margin was 150,000 mm-hmm. votes. With Republicans running better than Democrats. The only state we lost where Democrats outpolled Republicans was Michigan. But all the other states, there were more Republican voters than Democrats. So if Trump is so toxic, how did that happen? How did we end up winning this race by five points? Remember, in 2020, we lost by seven points. Now we won by five points. That's a 12-point flip. That's the most there's been in the 21st century. You have to go back to 1992 to get a flip of that size. So this was an incredible manifestation of the country wanting to vote Republican and of the effectiveness of Trump's message. And because they delayed the counting of the House, and because that public, that stat has really not gotten out there, I'm the only one that's talking about it, so as is Steve Moore, who is on this station, <laughs> nobody is really focusing on that big picture. Why did we lose the Senate seats? Because McConnell underfunded them. We were an underfunded four to one in Arizona, two to one in Pennsylvania, and 12 to one in New Hampshire, and because the and, and because the media was so biased against us that we couldn't overcome the paid media deficit created by the difference in funding. Uh, what do you it's mean not, by that? What do you mean by that? Well, if you're getting if they're out spending you three to one on ads, right? Oh, you yeah. need news coverage and free media to do that. Got it. But if they're shutting you out of free media and they're outspending you on paid media, what are you going to do? Got it, got it, got it. This was not indicative of any weakness for the Republicans or any weakness for Trump. In fact, it was an amazing result. Talk Radio 77 WABC. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump, and now he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me. And now we bring you a farewell tribute to Nancy Pelosi from Don McLean. So bye-bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. And them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye, singing this'll be the day that I die. This will be the day that I die. Bye-bye, Nancy Pelosi. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Unbelievable uh, tenure of uh, rigidity, partisanship, uh, seeing, distorting the facts, lying, uh, doing anything she possibly could to get her stuff passed, and uh, ultimately distorting the process horribly while she does it. I think one of the big sins of Nancy Pelosi 
was in on Christmas of 2010, after the Republicans had won 62 seats in the House because they didn't want Obamacare. She then passed Obamacare the month after the election, but a month before the new members were sworn in and passed it on Christmas Eve. So there would be a momentum for it and nobody would really be paying attention to it. So, I mean, what a travesty. What a rejection of democracy. Here's 62 congressmen change hands in their seats from people who are pro-Obamacare to people who are anti. And she, despite that, passes this bill and does it on Christmas Eve. I mean, that completely changed the rule book. It changed the whole way they operate in Washington. I forgot all from, about that. From uh, cooperative politics to a bitter, bitter food fight. Um, let's go to Jerry in New Jersey. Hey, Jerry. Yes, Mr. Morris? Yep. Uh, the Democrats have their strength in these high-density, high-population areas. And this early voting looks like a major problem because all this organizational money is coming into these areas, you know, $450 million So why don't we vote early? What's to stop us from voting early? The Republicans have to understand that there are new rules now. The whole point of my book, The Return, there are new rules. The game has okay. changed. Okay, it's true that when you and I were kids, there was Election Day and you voted on Election Day. And I used to love that my mother used to be taken to the polls by her father, who was an immigrant, who said, on this day, my vote is equal to that of the president's. And that was really stirring and wonderful. Right. But it's old. It's gone. Right now, Election Day is stretched over weeks or even two months. When I was with President Trump the other night, he said, why can't we just do it on Election Day and paper ballots? And I said, yeah, that would be great, but that's not the law, sir. We have to win the game with uh, using their rules because those are the rules that exist. And the Republican Party felt that it didn't need early votes, that there was fraudulent, and that they could just make it on election day, and they can't. That's no, wrong. That was a mistake. You got to look at the calendar and say, hey, today is October 20th. Well, let's see, on October 19th, 80,000 Republicans voted and 100,000 Democrats voted with 20,000 votes down. And today is the next day, and let's hope we can get 20,000 right. votes up. Right. And then tomorrow, let's hope that we can get. 110,000 Republicans voting and only 90,000 Democrats. And the cumulative score for the month of August is we have 2.7 million votes and they have 2.7. So we're tied and we better push hard to get those votes out. That's how you win elections And you today. just answered it. That's it. That's what we have you, to do. You just don't sit back and wait for the three-run home run on election right. day. You contest every single hour of every single day. Why? Well, it isn't that it's any – it's important that the vote be cast early. It counts just as much early as late. Right. It's that when you wait until Election Day, stuff happens, and your voters can't get to the polls. Right. Kids get sick. You get the flu. Things pile up at work. Uh, you're, you're, you're having a fight with your husband, what did, your boyfriend. What did Grinnell say the other day that – how many people – Yeah, he said 4,500 people in Arizona – signed in to vote and then left early without was voting because so there was so, such a line. And that's what the Democrats do. 
they force everybody, they, they take the early votes themselves, make the Democrats vote early. Then on election day, there were only the Republicans left to vote, and then they screw it up. The, they run out of ink in the printer, right. the tabulator jams. And each time that happens, there's a longer and longer and longer line outside the polling place. So Stacey Abrams speaks about all sorts of techniques for voter suppression. You know, blacks don't get registered, they get challenged, they moved and all that. Well, the number one way to suppress the electorate is to have long lines Mm. to vote. Mm -hmm. Not everybody has three hours to spend voting. And if you have lengthy lines, that's how you get the people not to vote. And that's the Democrat strategy. Mm. And we're playing into it. We're suckers for it. We're going to get our head handed to us again. Because we won't vote early for some god unknown yeah, reason. We have a, we have to up our game. Yeah, get get over it, guys. Right now, um, the tributes to Nancy Pelosi are pouring <laughs> in, and uh, she must be miserable. And yeah, she she's right out of Les Misérables. Uh, is a great song that comes to us by Rob Carson, who is He's the great. radio host uh, who's on Newsmax, and I love him. And he did this parody of the song <laughs> Master of the House. Because she's miserable. From Les Miserables. <laughs> Pelosi will be gone. We can hardly wait. The <laughs> midterm election sealed her fate. Soon she will be out, her tenure it will end. She'll hang out with Paul and his new friend. Hammer guy. It's a victory. We're Pelosi free. This gal who did us wrong will no longer be. Speaker of the House, Nancy will not be The worst to hold the job in our history Division and hate, that's what Nancy sowed Time to tell her to hit the road Nancy, do us all a favor Pack your bags and leave D.C. Happy days are here, thanks to the GOP Speaker of the House till January 3 Then we take back our country Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority Talk Radio 77 WABC. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Back to the miserable. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle. The Democrats had an opportunity in choosing Pelosi's successor to move more toward the middle of the road. They had two people who were in line, two guys, who were the number two and number three people in the House, number two and number three Democrats. Pelosi was number one, but number two, a guy who used to be my client, Steny Hoyer, 
from Maryland, who was the majority leader, and beneath him was James Clyburn of South Carolina, who was the majority whip. They could have gone with either of those guys. Instead, they passed them over and went with Hakeem Jeffries, uh, a radical uh, revolutionary, uh, woke as you get, from Queens. The irony of this is that now the BQE uh, separates the House and the Senate. We have Schumer <laughs> from Brooklyn, and we have Jeffries from Queens. And the whole rest of the country need not apply. This is all a New York thing. But um, Hoyer would have been a moderate. Hoyer was a deal maker. He uh, comes from Maryland, a one-party state, and he did very well cutting deals in the legislature. And then he went to Congress, and he's been a moderate, reasonable Democrat to the extent there is such a thing. And Clyburn is the guy that made Joe Biden president because he's the boss of South Carolina. And uh, when Biden lost his first four primaries, humiliatingly, uh, he went to Clyburn and he said, you got to help me win South Carolina. And Clyburn said, okay, I'll help you do that, but there's a list here. You got to appoint a black woman as vice president. You got to listen to Barack Obama and do whatever he says. And you got to adopt this woke left-wing agenda. And he said, okay, I'll do that. And he did. And a new Joe Biden was born, and he was incarnated in South Carolina. And then after Biden won the South Carolina primary, his first victory, all of the black voters throughout the entire South uh, said, okay, he's the guy. We now got to back him. And 60% of the Super Tuesday vote in all of those states in the South in Democratic primary was cast by blacks. Oh. So that was decisive, and Clyburn's endorsement made it happen. And Obama had rigged the primaries so that it would be true. He couldn't get rid of Iowa as the first one in New Hampshire, even though they were all white, and he and in Nevada intruded itself, and it became third. But then he could make North South Carolina the fourth state, and then the fifth state would be all of the southern states, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, the Carolinas, Tennessee, Arkansas, all of them decided to, to select their delegates the, the, same, the week after South Carolina, deliberately in effort to make sure that the blacks could control this nomination. Now the Democrats have passed over Clyburn and have gone with Jeffries, who is, uh, who is as close to a, a black radical Muslim as you can get. Why do you think they did that? Well, because they are being whipsawed by their constituency. Uh, they have no control over it. Um, the speculation was that blacks were leaving the Democratic Party, and a lot of black men did, but a lot of black women didn't. And it's now a party totally enthralled to its base, totally controlled by its base. And uh, that's what we're really looking at. And the Jeffries selection makes that very clear. Now, there was just a tax increase, and we're all going to have to pay it. And it's not well known, but it happened yesterday. And it didn't go through Congress. It went through the United Nations. Hmm. There has been negotiations going on for years, decades, in which the undeveloped countries, the LDC, lesser developed countries, have gone to the rich countries and said, hey, look, you owe us money. Well, for what? 
well, we we can't go through the Industrial Revolution because you poisoned the atmosphere when you did, and you advanced climate change. And now if we pursue it, we'll take climate change even further. We'll melt all the icebergs and everybody will, will drown. <laughs> so you owe us compensation for the fact that we oh couldn't go God. through the Industrial Revolution like you did. Uh. I know we've had 200 years to do it, 150 years to do it, but still you got to pay us reparations for the fact that we now have to be clean on energy, whereas before we could be dirty. China says the same thing. Uh, the United States burned 2,500 tons of coal last year. China burned 25,000 tons of coal last wow. year. And China says, of course, we have to. We're a less developed country, and we have to take these shortcuts to be able to prosper. And this is China, the second largest economy in the world. Mm. But all of these other corrupt African countries and Asian countries, the dictatorships, have all banded together to demand climate change reparations from the rich countries of the world. Sounds like extortion. It is. It's total extortion. And the deal they've made is we will vote with you to pass all your resolutions about climate change if you cut us a check each year <laughs> to pay to pay us off, basically, uh, and theoretically to compensate us for failing to have uh, have had the opportunity to industrialize. It's uh, it's 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 horrible. So yesterday, in effect, was the the deal was cut between the rich nations and the poor nations. Uh, Joe Biden, I'm sure, didn't do a damn thing to fight for us, and we are now going to have to pay tens and tens of hundreds of billions of dollars to countries which are all corrupt dictatorships. It'll go right into their Swiss bank accounts. And we're basically paying them not to pollute. Pretty expensive partridge, but and the tree's going to die. Yeah, but that's the that's the gift that they got, and uh, it's all a fix in terms of the United Nations. The goal is to get the rich nations to vote to limit their economies for climate change, and the poor countries get paid by the rich countries to do it. In fact, some of the proposals they haven't outlined exactly how much will be involved and how it'll be paid and, it and how it'll pass. be raised. It, didn't pass. it passed the UN, and that's all it has to do. Uh, I'll get to that in a minute. Oh, okay. But they, but there's even speculation. There was a proposal last year they'll probably adopt now for a tax on jet fuel, a tax on air travel. And the tax would not go to the Treasury. It would go to the UN that would use it to pay the climate change reparations. Hmm. Now, this does not need to go through Congress. This is a treaty that the United States has entered into or will enter into with the rest of the world. Well, you say treaty, that means it has to go to the Senate for a two-thirds vote for approval. Uh-uh, because this isn't really a treaty. It's, a executive, it's an executive action, uh, and therefore it will not have to go to Congress any more than the Iran nuclear deal had to go. Just to refresh your election, the Iran nuclear deal had no chance of getting two-thirds support. 
but he could get one-third support. So Obama said, pass it as a law, I will sign it. And when the rest of, I'm sorry, they passed a law banning approval of the agreement. Obama vetoed it. And then the veto was sustained by two-thirds of the House and the Senate. So instead of needing two-thirds majority to pass a retreaty, which is what the Constitution says, you just needed one-third plus one to sustain the Mm. president's veto of the law. And this passed muster, and this is the procedure they're going to use with this. We will never get a chance to vote on this. And this is the master plan of the globalists. I outline this in my book, um, Here Come the Black Helicopters. They want to force rich countries to pay money to them, and they want to pass, in effect, taxes on rich countries and to pass it without getting approval from Congress so they can completely end-run Congress when it comes to foreign aid and write their own check. You know, it's the, just outrageous. This yeah. treaty looks like they're giving out treats is what it's like. Yeah, that's right. Bribes, really. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because these are not payments to the Congo to help poor people eat. Now, these are payments to the dictator of the Congo oh. to help him have a big, fat Swiss bank account. Oh, God. When you look at the extent of corruption in these countries, this is absolutely a payoff. I learned about this from John Bolton a decade ago when we were talking about this, and he said that's their ultimate game here, to bypass Congress and vote themselves foreign aid and dedicate tax sources to them so that they can basically force us to subsidize them. And we don't care, the American Well, and our, Obama didn't care. Yeah. Biden doesn't care. Trump sure as hell cared, but they waited until he was out of office to get this done. The news report said after 30 years of haggling, Yeah, well, it wasn't that. It was 30 years of waiting for a compliant administration that Mm. would be supine enough to let them go ahead and do this. And why wouldn't Biden care? Because he's not an American. What does he care? This isn't his country. Yeah, right. Uh, He's a globalist, and uh, and he's uh, and and social justice means we should help these poor countries. Mm -hmm. And they have a case; they can't industrialize because of climate change. And And no one's telling them about the climate change thing is such. Crap, yeah. because China is emitting all the pollution that none of the other countries are. You take the carbon emissions of the entire world at the moment and combine them, and they don't equal China's carbon emissions. Really? Each year, China increases its carbon emissions by more than the European Union plus Japan has of climate emissions. Wow. Uh, 25,000 coal plants, and they're opening a new one basically each week. So they are merrily polluting while we are telling our people to uh, drive slower, to make the homes colder, put up windmills, unreliable sources of energy. It's outrageous. Let's go to Tony in New Jersey. Hey, Tony. Hi, uh, Mr. Morris. Um, as we look at the uh, Democrats and Republicans going back and forth uh, decade after decade after decade, just canceling out what the previous administration did there, how could this not be uh, more of a 
uh, threat to the country as any other nuclear threat or anything. Because, it's, it's not undermining it's, the fabric of because our society. They don't, because they don't go back and forth. Uh, it's it's like a it's like a screw, if you pardon the metaphor. Uh, you go from one side to the other as you're turning the screw, but it always cuts deeper and deeper and deeper. Mm. You're always moving the screw. Mm. That's the way the politics works. Uh, and when you look at the overall directions, they're clearly moving the country. Look at Trump's administration. They didn't take off the tariffs on China. Biden didn't do that. Uh, Biden didn't uh, change the fundamental tax structure that Obama, that, that Trump got passed that led to this prosperity. They don't just repeal everything. They build on it. Sometimes they repeal it, but most of the time they just advance beyond it. Uh, Jack in Westchester. How are you, Jack? Hey, hey, Dick. Uh, Donald Trump uh, needs to push uh, not, uh, not only term limits, but also a cap on how much money uh, U.S. senators and uh, congressmen receive when they run for re-election. And also, you should not have outside uh, people that don't, for example, you're going to have a lot of money being thrown into Georgia from people that don't live in Georgia. There should also be a cap on how much money uh, you should receive from outside of your state. You should not okay. be, uh, you know, people me, running for uh, the election. Receiving, let me take know, those thoughts and answer them, Jack. Very good thinking. But first on term limits, the state of play is this. Everybody in the country wants term limits. Every district, every state, overwhelmingly in the polling, say we need term limits. The reason it doesn't pass is there's only one group of people that does not believe in term limits. And those are congressmen and senators who want to sit in their seat forever. And they're opposed to term limits. And you can't get it through Congress unless you have two-thirds majorities in the Congress. Getting it passed by the states is no problem. Getting it, in fact, state legislators like it because they are more vacancies they can run for. But the problem is you can't get two-thirds of Congress. Now, there is a procedure called the Convention of the States, which permits you to amend the Constitution without even asking Congress if two-thirds of the state legislatures petition for a convention to do an amendment to the Constitution. And then once they get that, three-quarters of the states have to approve the amendment, just like any other. And there is a movement to do that, and they have passed resolutions in, I think, 23 state legislatures. They need 36. Unfortunately, it's become politicized, and Democrats oppose it, Republicans support it. But this is a very important change that should be voted in. Now, in terms of limiting campaign spending, understand this. There are two ways you can get information in politics, ads and press. Mm. So if you trust the press and you think the uh, the journalists are fair and reasonable and honorable, <laughs> will then limit campaign spending because then the press will tell you what the facts. But if you believe the press is biased and pro-liberal and slanted to the left, you can't limit campaign spending because you can, you're just shutting off the opportunity for conservatives to speak. Mm. Now, this year, conservatives were outspent by more than two-to-one by the Democrats. But don't change the system. That's our own damn fault. Why didn't our rich people dig into their wallets like their rich people right. did? Why didn't our small contributors write checks of $1,500 like their small contributors did? Same ground rules. We could have gotten the money and we didn't. 
And it's because our people have gotten lazy about that. They don't write the checks. If you're small donors, you say, ah, the billionaires are doing this all. Why should I do anything? And we end up getting very little money for our campaigns. And when our guys lose, we all say, ah, we can't win an election. It's ballot fraud. That's a bunch of crap. The fact of the matter is that we're not getting the money we need from our supporters. They don't support. They tell you in the cocktail party, oh, the fate of the nation depends on this. And then you look it up and they didn't give a dime. Right. Or they gave a couple of hundred dollars and they're worth a couple of million. This has to end. We have to be up there playing by their rules, giving money to our candidates so that we can do it. Herschel Walker is now going to be outspent three to one. Who do you think is going to win that seat in Georgia? And and the Georgia media, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, is the most leftist organ there is. So if you're not getting free media and you can't afford paid media, what do you think is going to happen? Well, so we covered a lot today, and uh, we're very glad Trump is back. Yes. But we are very worried that the special prosecutor will indict him and convict him on minor BS that should never be uh, that serious. We're glad Pelosi's gone. Bye-bye. 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 now the poor nations have banded together to tax us without our consent. This is no taxation without representation. Thank you, Mr. Morris. It's an honor. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.